0: Vince Murata, Newsmakers Week 2024, continues on Tuesday. We'll cover a lot of ground. U of A football, ASU football, Phoenix Mercury, Phoenix Open, Phoenix Rising FC, and Cactus League. I told you we're covering a lot starting at 6 here on Arizona Sports. All right, welcome back to the Burns and Gambo Show, 5 o'clock hour. Yesterday- 5 o'clock right now. The show's flying by. Wow. Uh, Ken Kendrick, the managing partner of the Arizona Diamondbacks and Derek Hall yesterday, had a press conference to kind of talk about the state of the, D, the, the D-backs and the team. And one of the topics, as you would imagine, would come up was the future of Chase Field. It's sorely in need of renovation. Everyone knows it. Been a lot of conversation about whether there'll be a, a new ballpark in a different part of town or whether Diamondbacks want to stay put in Chase Field and not go anywhere. It's estimated that the cost of renovation would be about 500 million dollars or so. And Ken Kendrick said two things yesterday. We clearly have to upgrade the fan experience at the ballpark. We
1: are one of the oldest stadiums uh, without improvement uh, in baseball. And you know these stadiums are like any asset they they waste away without uh, significant capital improvement and We have need for capital improvement to keep the infrastructure alive. But we more than that, we we have need, as we've expressed before, to change the dynamic of the fan experience, to make it a more state-of-the-art experience.
0: There's not one word in that 29-second soundbite that is inaccurate. Everything about oh, that is true. It's one of the oldest ballparks that has not been renovated. The three oldest ballparks in the National League uh before the D-backs. The D-backs are fourth. It's Colorado, it's Chicago, and it's L.A., but they've gone through massive renovations to upgrade those facilities. It's when Ken said this that everybody got a little Uncomfortable.
1: We, we aren't having those conversations. There there are opportunities available. You know there are other cities that would covet having Major League Baseball. I mean it's not like I'm you know speaking out of school to say that. And those names are they're prominent cities uh, that would love to have a Major League team. We're not in dialogue with those communities. But you know we it's not where we are spending time or energy. Uh, uh, we may run out of time in Phoenix. We hope that won't happen. You know, we're hard at it. We're continuing to have meetings. We've ramped up the uh, dialogue in every way that we know how, uh, and we'll continue to do that.
0: You can understand why that might've caused some people some concern when they heard that, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't, because he said we're not having any dialogue with these. He's just putting it out there. Like, look, man, something's got to give. Like we've got to, we got to come to an agreement. Like we don't own this building. The building is owned by the County. We pay rent. Okay, we're renters. We want to put a lot of money into renovating it, but we need a public private partnership like what's happened in men is at least 10 baseball stadiums recently that have had that done. Mm -hmm. You know, Baltimore, Milwaukee, Cleveland, just to name a few. And he's probably just say putting it out there like, look, come on, like, you know, we don't want to like go that route. But, you know, I I think in some ways, maybe like that's not meant for the fans, but it's meant for the politicians or the people that are going to be involved, like just as a a little idle threat to them. Like, come on. We gotta work together, like this is, we've gotta work together. Um The problem that the Dimebacks have is simply that the, the stadium is owned by the county, not the city or the state, and the only avenue to raise capital is through city and state, not county. So that's where they've got to work with the politicians and see if, you know, something can be done. You know, we know it's an economic engine. We know, you know, that brings in a lot of revenue and restaurants and bars downtown and people go into the games and having the World Series here last year, hotels, and it brings in a lot of money. It's worth it for everybody involved to come to an agreement. The Diamondbacks are very willing to spend a lot of their own money in the renovation, but they also want it to be a public-private partnership. I want to make sure I'm clear about this. I I am not worried one bit not one bit about the Diamondbacks leaving the state of Arizona. I can just understand how somebody would take that soundbite and turn that soundbite into a headline, and a headline might freak some people out a little bit. Yes, now, Even in the context of yesterday's conversation, Ken, Ken Kendrick was asked, you're not threatening Maricopa County, are you? And he said, no, of course we're not. I,
1: I don't think that uh, the world that we live in, uh, threats are the right way to do business. You know, we're, we're community people. I've I've raised my family here. Derek has raised his family here. You know, we're—I think we're—we're we're a part of the fabric. Our, our franchise is a part of the fabric of Arizona, and that's where we want it to be for forever. I would like to have—you know—we call it Chase Field reimagined. That is our hope at the moment that we will have that and be able to announce that, and that's what we're ag- aggressively interested in making that happen. To so
0: the point where Derek Hall, team president and CEO went on Wolf and Luke show today and said basically the same thing. I can see how this became a headline. We don't want to leave. You know, yesterday I could see why it become become a, a headline obviously. And it did, but, uh, <laughs> If if you look at the comments that Ken made, and I'm standing right there next to him, um, what he did was he obviously went to, there are cities that have an interest in teams because those rumors are out there, not about us, but just about or cities that are trying to lure teams or want to be an expansion city and they're ready to go and they're getting legislative support and all that. He went there so he could say, we're not talking to them, we're not engaged with them, we want to be here. So, you know, we have no plans of going anywhere. And, And we've had this discussion in the past, the three of us. I said it before, I'll say it again. I worry about a lot of stuff when it comes to the Arizona Diamondbacks. I don't worry about them leaving Arizona. I worry about that building. Yeah. I worry because he's not, nobody's wrong about that building. It needs a facelift. The Suns got public money. They did. The but Suns got public money and redoing that. City and city involved. Versus, yeah. Right, that was the city of Phoenix making a choice to pour money into that. And the fact that Ken Kendrick said we're willing to spend a lot of our own money to make this happen. And we're just looking for some sort of a partnership like you're seeing in, what did you say? 10 different cities across the country, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Kansas city, um, just a lot of different places, ballparks, uh, even Buffalo. Right. Um, like there's always, but there's a lot of, uh, cities that have had that public private thing. Yeah. So, so $500 million, just say 500 million to refurbish that ballpark, which, you know, Plumbing, air conditioning. A lot, there's a lot the of things that need to the, be fixed. The, the basic stuff that you can't even see. Right. But then that that also, to be fixed. you know, then also like cutting the seats down, just making it a better fan experience. Like you go to a Suns game now compared to seven or eight years ago, it's much different, right? Much. Much different. It's like every a brand Suns, new building. Every, everybody that goes into that Suns will be like, okay, yeah, the experience is much, much better. Now, Steve Kerr may not like it, but everybody else does. Ah. Um, if it's a fi- oh, Can I tell you something real quick? I went with some friends of mine to the Bucks game a couple of weeks ago. And honest to God, one of them turned to me and said, you know what? Steve Kerr might not be wrong. It is really loud. It gets loud. (laughs) Thought, it's like a club discotheque scene. We're, club. we're getting old because it is a little loud here. I can't have, I'm having a hard time having a conversation with somebody sitting next they, to me. Listen. Oh, damn, we're old. They say one of the things about getting old is that older people just hate noise, like just noise <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> You're at a table at Denny's and like there's a cu- couple with their kid crying like you you hate uh, that. That's so you funny. You just hate and loud yeah. noises. I, so, I just want to let you know there are people not Steve Kerr who agree that sometimes it gets a little loud that building. What were you so going to say? So the Sutton's building is great. They rent. They put money in the Diamondbacks would need about 500 million. I'm assuming here that Ken Kendrick and his group would pay the vast majority like more than half of that. So 250 to 300. So now you're looking at a at a public private partnership where could you do a could you do a. Sales tax on hotels or rental cars or something that doesn't affect the taxpayers here. The Cardinals, I believe the Cardinals got money on a car rental I think, for their stadium. I, it was so long ago, but I, I believe it was car it was. rentals for I the Cardinals. Why couldn't you do something that really taxes the people that come here to visit and not the people that live here? I just hope whatever it is they do is not one of those things that is required by a public vote because... That's when you're... A public referendum? That's when I get... Like I just told you a second ago, I'm not nervous about the future of the Arizona Diamondbacks. The only way I would get nervous about the future of the Arizona Diamondbacks if for whatever reason a vote went to the public and th- then you're then it's like the Coyotes and Tempe all over again. You're just holding your breath I think to it find out what to. people would say. I think it would have I mean, Maybe it, Maybe it would. It may now, their standing... it would pass, but... Their standing in this community is much different than the Coyotes oh, standing course. in this community. Oh, of course. And, and I'm only comparing the two because... The Coyotes thought they were going to win that election, and they didn't. I, I would agree with you. The Diamondback standing is much better. I, I just, I, 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 I'm just not worried it, about it. I don't know. I'm just not worried. I think they'll figure they'll it figure out. They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out, you know. And, and I don't think people should go too crazy misinterpreting what Ken said. I, I really don't think he meant it like that. But I understand when you say it like that, people, you you open yourself up for misinterpretation. You know, you got to be a little careful with that. And I think that's why Derek kind of made the rounds today to talk about that. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, is Kevin Durant a leader? Does it matter? Charles Barkley seems to think so. And we'll tell you what he had to say next on the Burns and Gambo show. It's Wolf.
1: Are the young players on the Arizona Diamondbacks roster seeing firsthand how much the World Series run helped their confidence? We get going tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports.
0: Charles Barkley on TNT, their alt cast over the weekend from that god-awful All-Star game. It was a, a an alternate broadcast where he... And was a Draymond Green. They were doing like a Manning cast for the All-Star game. It was during that that he said this about the Suns and Kevin Durant. He
2: wanted to be KD, but he's not doing it. To me, it's got to be Booker. He's got to be your, your mental leader and your vocal leader to a certain degree. No disrespect to Kevin. Kevin's a follower. He's not a leader.
0: He's proven that on all his stops. Booker's a hell of a player also. Basketball game. He leads by example, but he is a rah-rah, you know, that type of leader. It's, it's not who he is. KD kind of wants to fit in. I want to fit in. Um, but he's not that in-your-face leader, and I don't know that he has to be. So I don't disagree with what Barkley's saying. I'm just saying I don't know that it really matters that much. Yeah, I, I, think, and I think there is this tendency, and, and no offense, but I know you do this too, there is this tendency that anytime Charles Barkley says something bad about the Phoenix Suns, it is immediately reacted and overreacted upon, like, oh, he's just taking shots. Oh, he's just a hater. Oh, he's just a that. Oh, he's just a that. And I'm not trying to throw you under the bus. I know you've said that about things Charles Barkley has to say about I the do, Suns. I believe he hates the Suns. Um, uh, but on this one, I don't, I don't think he's that wrong about KD. And what I'm trying to figure out is if Charles Barkley is right, then does somebody have to be the, the the does somebody have to be the leader on the Phoenix Suns if it's not going to be KD? And before I get too deep into this, here's KD, and we're going to be playing this sound probably a little bit more tomorrow too. But he was on the boardroom for like 90 minutes today. The boardroom is like a podcast kind of thing where he was a guest for about 90 minutes, and they asked him about the Charles Barkley comments. Here's what he said.
2: They don't see what goes on behind the scenes or what I talk about on my intentions or the relationships that I built with all oh, my, my teammates and support staff. But when guys like that say that, I just got to chalk it up to them just not being aware of what goes on instead of like wanting to, you know, Push a narrative for myself, maybe not a narrative, or tell the truth for myself. I, I you know, or, or expose the truth or how great of a leader I am. I don't feel like it's necessary. I just chalk it up to those guys not being aware of who I am. That's yeah.
0: what I would call the money cut, though. I
2: just I'm not as charismatic as my peers. I don't have a personality that's like fit for TV like my peers and a lot of those stories of what we talk about don't get spoken about in the media and that's just really what it is it's like you got to sell what you're doing as well and i haven't sold it enough you know and i feel like i don't i mean i don't i don't feel like i need to i don't feel like i want people to call me a leader but i also don't want people to say i'm not one either he's an introvert
0: Yes. He's in an, he's an, yeah, yeah. it. And I'm... Keeps a very small circle around yes. him. And I don't want to make it sound like I know him personally, because I don't. We've had him on the show once, and, and we obviously have gotten to know him throughout the last year. But I get the impression he's basically saying, look, in a league filled with extroverted guys, I'm kind of an introvert. You know, I'm, I'm sort of a keep to myself, you know. I, but so's Booker. Well, that Booker is... Booker is like that, too. He's uh, he's actually now on the court, that persona, like he's more of a shy kid. Booker's more shy. And if that's the case, then that's ultimately the question I'm asking is, do the Suns need an extroverted, stereotypical leader type? Chris Paul. If we know Kevin, well, they, they had one. They had one. Right. That was Chris that Chris was, you know, certainly seemed like he was playing that role. If, if we know it's not KD, it doesn't seem like it's Beal. He seems a little too. He's a he's a good, hardworking player, obviously. But he's got that kind of happy go lucky personality about him. At least that's what I sense from him. Um, unless maybe it is maybe behind the scenes, Bradley Beal's charismatic and he's extroverted and he's a leader and he's the one. But it does beg the question. If the Suns don't have that, do they need that? No. And are they missing that? Look, Kobe was a great leader. Magic Johnson was a great leader. Larry Bird was a great leader. Tim Duncan was a great leader. LeBron is a great leader. Um, Kevin Garnett with the Timberwolves. When he was there and with the and with the Celtics, Kevin Garnett was your lead now to, to Durant's point, those guys sold it really good too, right? Oh, sure. They sure. sold it. And that's what he's saying. Like, I can't sell it. I'm not I'm well, not like that. I can't sell the things that I do. But just because he's an introvert doesn't mean he can't be a leader. And I've actually I've actually read a couple of books about this. Introvert look at look at a guy on Twitter, David on Twitter, just a second ago. And I'd forgotten about this. Remember Kevin Durant sitting with Bowl and an iPad during the game? Yeah. And he's like they this this and this that's, <laughs> that's leadership leading by example that's leadership okay yeah. it, it might not be out loud in your face demonstrative hey world look at me leadership that's like introverted leadership You read right books there. on this? Oh, I have. Oh very much I'm fascinated by the subject. Is it cuz you consider yourself one? Yes. Very much so. You consider yourself an introvert? Absolutely. Very much so. In what way? Uh in that I don't really like big crowds. I don't really like big parties i'd rather spend quality time with two or three people who matter most to me than a room full of people where i get to be you know i i interesting i I, i'm i'm really outside of this i'm a very quiet guy very quiet shy oh I, i mean yeah very much so i i i'm very comfortable with myself by myself um i don't seek the company of others a lot. I consider myself to be very much an introverted person. Very, and people don't believe it because this you do a job requires you to be an extrovert, right? right? Like if for four hours every day, I'm mm. I'm kind of an extroverted dude. But I promise you, you bump into me outside of this, and like, okay, I spoke to that NAU class, yeah. yesterday, yeah, okay, I was terrified. I was terrified by that because I'm in front of this giant group of people. Really? Oh, absolutely. You talk every day. I know, but this is, I'm talking to you. You know, I'm talking to him. Boy, this is getting really personal here. No, I know, I apologize. this is fascinating. This is fascinating. But, but that, that room full of NAU broadcasting, I had to, like, talk myself into, okay, you got this. You're fine. You're fine. You got this. Hmm. Because I consider myself to be, now, if I met with Two of those students, one on one. You're fine. Piece of cake. Piece about a room full of people where they're all like staring at me and looking at me and expecting me to ah, you ah, sweaty, sweaty palms. Oh, sweaty everything. Oh ah, my God. Man. Yeah, sweaty everything. I, I didn't really know this. I, I I read a book about this like three years ago, four years ago, and I it's like that's me. That, it, that you're just it's about introverts in an extroverted world, and so when I hear Kevin Durant. Defend himself without getting upset at Charles Barkley. Just saying, hey, this is like this when he said this. All right, I'm going to play this again.
2: I'm not as charismatic as my peers. I don't have a personality that's like fit for TV like my peers. And a lot of those stories of what we talk about don't get spoken about in the media. And that's just really what it is. It's like you got to sell what you're doing as well. And I haven't sold it enough, you know. And I feel like I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't feel like I need to. I don't feel like I want people to call me a. Leader but I also don't want people to say I'm not one either that spoke to me.
0: That's a great cut by him That really did
2: that spoke to me I and
0: have a I have a newfound appreciation for Kevin Durant since he's come here that I never not really getting to know him Totally that I have now that I didn't have before yeah, totally And Charles Barkley thinks that That, that you need to be extroverted to be a leader and Kevin Durant is basically saying I'm not that's not who I am That's not who I am. It's good stuff. It was really good stuff didn't th- you, I bet you didn't think the conversation was going in that direction, did you? I'm just, I'm just curious. Yeah, no, I like no, to learn about people yeah. and, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not an introvert. <laughs> no, you're definitely you're <laughs> no, no, you are not No, you are not. Lauren is shaking her head No, no, you are. Jamal's like, no, no you, no, you are not No, you are not. But I assure you when it's not two to six, I very much am a very introverted person. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the Arizona Diamondbacks, maybe the last piece of the puzzle came into place this weekend they've got options they've got choices and they've got a roster that's ready to go to battle with the dodgers and we'll talk about it next on the burns and gambo show hey
3: everybody dan bickley here and tomorrow is day two of newsmakers
0: do not miss a minute the fun begins at 6 a.m on arizona sports the local sports leader with randall coming in um it was a perfect piece, and he's going to complement this lineup. And we know that he's still recovering from that ankle injury. He's still in in the training room and slowly migrating out of the training room and getting some work in, but we've got to be very mindful of that. He'll be ready by opening day. We know that, but it's a quality right-handed bat that just just goes out there and competes really well at a very high level against left-handed pitching, and that's what we needed. That was Troy DeVello, uh, part of Newsmakers Week this week with Bickley and Murata, and as we'll do a couple times, to show a Tip at the Cap to Bickley and Marana and Jarrett and Sarah for all the work they put into this week, and we just kind of get to cherry-pick the best parts of it uh, during Newsmakers Week. They all work so hard to book those shows out and get those who folks Who they got the tomorrow? Studio. Anybody know? Um, who do? Does anybody know? Lauren, anybody? Let me... Oh, hold on. We've got the schedule up at ArizonaSports.com. Oh, sports.com. Yeah, okay. We'll just promote that for them if we know Let's it. Let's do that. Let's see. Uh, Newsmakers Week schedule tomorrow... They've got the executive director of the Cactus League. They've got the head football coach of Arizona, Brett Brennan. They have Kenny Dillingham tomorrow. They no, I'm looking at Wednesday. I apologize. I'm looking at Wednesday tomorrow. Tuesday. Oh
3: yeah, um, tomorrow is tomorrow Wednesday. is Wednesday.
0: Hello, Frank Vogel tomorrow. Mercury GM uh, Nick Uren tomorrow. Phoenix Open chairman George Thimpson tomorrow. That should be an interesting conversation. Oh, yeah. Right? What are you going to do about the big fat guy at the belly flop? <laughs> the Phoenix right, Rising. to make sure that doesn't happen again. The Phoenix Rising FC GM as well. So, Frank Vogel, Kenny Dillingham, the chairman of the Phoenix Open, head coach of U of A football. A lot All going right, on tomorrow. Go. With good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Um, that was the fellow today talking about Randall Grichik, yes. who is the last main piece to the Diamondbacks puzzle. Now, we can quibble whether he's main or not. I don't know. You know, he's only going to play probably against the left-handed pitching, but he is there to balance out the lineup so that Jock Peterson, he can face righties, righties, and now Gritchett can face the lefties. Which we're thinking it's probably like three out of every four games is going to be Jock Peterson because you're going to face a lot more righties than lefties. Um, so that's a little bit, but even still, if he gets twenty five to thirty three percent of the at bats, can he do some damage there? Sure. You just try to balance the lineup as best you can. Lavello's a big. The path to him being a super, not maybe superstar, a star in this league, he's got to hit lefties. If he can hit lefties, yeah. he's going to be a star in this league, right? Like, but man, star. what do you give up defensively? By taking him out of yeah, there. you would. He's so good. You wouldn't, but him becoming a borderline household name, a la Corbin Carroll, if he can hit lefties, he'll become a borderline household name in this game. Yeah, because he can he can hit righties. His defense is unrivaled throughout this league, hardly by anybody. It's that one little piece that I think might keep him from being a true star in Major League Baseball. He's the best defensive player on that Diamondbacks roster and one of the best in all of Major League Baseball. Here's where it might kind of complete the puzzle for Troy Lovello. Last year, designated hitters for the Arizona Diamondbacks. You ready for this? Okay. Last year. Last year. Oh, boy. They hit 219. (laughs) They hit 219. A slugging percentage of 387. Oh, boy. Keep in mind, their job is Uh, to hit. Right. And their slugging percentage was 387. They had an OPS of 678. And that's why I was fascinated. By this brief little blurb, I didn't spend a lot of time reading it because it was really, really numbers heavy, but somebody over at AZ Snake Pit, and I can't recall who, I could, I should go back and give the person credit, my apologies, basically tried to do their best, taking the numbers the last two years of Gritchick lefties, Peterson against the right, no, I'm sorry, the other way around, Gritchick against the... Righties and Peterson against the lefties. No, I got no, it backwards. Again, Peters, I, Peterson's I had to the a lefty. first time. I had Peterson a, against sorry, the I got righties. Confused. Yes. Gritchick against the lefties. Two years of that data. Damn introvert. I know. <laughs> no, no, that's not, that's not me being introverted. I that's know, just me I being know. dumb. Um, the last two years of their numbers and try to project what their numbers would like, would be like this year if they each faced the pitcher they're supposed to face. What they came up with, and it, this this would be phenomenal. If you could get this kind of production out of your DH platoon, 35 home runs, 104 runs scored, Jeez. 101 RBI, a 271 batting average, that would rank, sign me up, fifth, second, fifth, and sixth in Major League Baseball last year. What are they using these projections on? Just what they've done in previous what years? What they've done the last couple of years. Wow. What they've done the last couple of years. Okay. Just okay, you're gonna face the righties, you're gonna face the lefties, yes. what would happen? Yes. What would happen? So Peterson versus the righties, Gritchick versus the lefties over the last couple of years when they face just those guys, and then kind of breaking down, assuming that Peterson plays about seventy percent of the time and Gritchick plays about thirty percent of the time. Here's what those numbers would look like. Here that now is it gonna yeah. work out like that? I have no idea. <laughs> well, they don't, but don't if have to the... get that kind of production out of your DH. Yeah. You're cooking with gas, baby. They don't have the problems like certain teams have. Like just take, for instance the Yankees. The Yankees have Giancarlo Stanton, who lost a lot of weight and trying to get you know, a terrible year last year. He batted under 200. He still has four years left on his contract. at <laughs> uh, $35 yes. million a year. Yes, disaster. Like, he's your DH, but they want to get him in the field a little bit because they want to be able to put other guys at You know, they want to be able to give Aaron Judge a blow here or there or DJ LeMahieu a blow here or there. Their best defensive lineup may be Trent Grisham, but he doesn't hit very well, but he'd be their best in center field. So the Diamondbacks don't have that aging old player at first base or third base or anywhere where I need to get this guy at bats. They don't have that. That's a luxury, right? That's a luxury. You know, Christian Walker is the only guy I think of that they may want to try to drop like 10 games off. But he's so good defensively, you run into the same problem. Mm-hmm. He is a great defensive player, and he hits you 30 home runs. Now, he did wear out and had a bad playoffs. Christian Walker did not play well in the playoffs. but So that could be the one guy you try to take 7 to 10 games off of, and maybe you can have him as just a DH and doesn't have to play in the field. Yeah, perhaps. But and- there's not, they don't have the typical, like, other rosters do with the aging stars that need to go DH. Yep, nope, they don't have that at all. And so instead, they're kind of piecing it together with these two players in a platoon-type situation. And now, you know, and, and Alex Weiner, our dbx writer over at uh wrote a great piece over the weekend in which I thought he he took a really good, hard, cold look at the roster and said, basically, among the position players, there's about six guys fighting for two spots at this point. Because everything else is kind of, if you count... All the starters, the two DHs, a backup catcher for Moreno. If you're going to go with 13 position players on your roster, right. There's two spots left. Jake McCarthy and, and you, you Emmanuel would, Rivera, Chase Peterson, Peterson Smith, Pavin Smith. Those guys. Jake McCarthy's got to make this team. You would thought he's just think the speed alone. Yeah, you know the speed alone. There was one point he was he was hitting way up in the lineup at one point, like. I don't know. I'd like to see him make it because I like Jake McCarthy. We're like Emmanuel Rivera. Like I know he's saying right now, hey, I can play shortstop. I play short. He's trying to show some versatility because he was part of the third base problem last year. Because you're gonna need a backup, a backup. You're gonna need a backup shortstop. You're gonna need a backup third baseman. You're gonna need. You know, you're gonna need. I have to assume that one of those spots is gonna go. To a Kevin Newman, Jace Peterson, a versatile infielder, uh, Emmanuel play second, Rivera type who can short. play all around the place. One of them, but one maybe of them not has both. To go, but not necessarily both. And that's where it does. And so it would help Jake McCarthy to have a really good spring. It would help, you know, he, there's not going to be a whole lot of guys who need to have great springs. Jake McCarthy's one of them. He's one of Jace Peterson, Emmanuel Rivera, they're one of them. Uh, Tommy Henry's one of them. Ryan Nelson's one of them, right? Those are, and if if it's not them, Slade Siccone needs to have a really nice, because you got to figure out who your fifth starter is, too. But that's it. Most of the puzzle is done. Like you put the puzzle together, you've got a few pieces over here and a few empty spots. And right now, you're trying to match up. Okay, does this shape work here? No. What about that shape? Remember where they've been the last two years? Think about where they've been at third base, think about where they've been at catcher. A catcher. Yeah, remember when Carson Kelly couldn't hit? I do. He Couldn't hit. Oh, I do. Like at all. Like mm-hmm. at all. Was like a problem. at all, yes. it Remember was, when it was a problem? Remember yes. second base when Catal Marte was an outfielder. We're gonna make Catal Marte an outfielder. Uh-huh. Eh, you know what? On second, though, we're not gonna make him an outfielder. Uh huh. Like they've been, that. they've had major problems at a lot of positions, and now they're all solidified. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the Phoenix Suns a couple of days away from starting the final stretch of the season. And oh, what a stretch it is. We'll explain why coming up on the Burns and Gambo show. Arizona sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo. What's on tonight? All right, what's on tonight? The games that we're going to watch this evening, and it is brought to you by Global Credit Union. Twelve branches here to serve you. Become a member today at GlobalCU.org. Locally, nothing on tonight. Coyotes lost their 10th straight game Man. yesterday. 10, Ten straight. straight losses. Ten straight. Again, I remember what doesn't seem like too long ago, somebody on the Coyote social media put out a poll. Who's got a better chance of making the playoffs? The Coyotes or the sauce. You remember that one? Uh, yeah, I'm gritting my teeth because I remember that one. we all sat one. there I'm like... like Ugh. Don't do, don't, about, don't do it. What you talking about, Willis? Just think don't hit send. Think think about it before you hit send. Careful. Um obviously no NBA on tonight. I'm sure there's good college basketball tonight, I would think. All right, so I finished the um I finished the true detective one with I'll, Jody Foster. I'm watching it tonight. I finished the last one. It should have been longer. I don't know why they just did six episodes. Okay, just, like, it feels like there should have been more. Okay. As as, I'm not going to say anything else. Okay, so that's all so you said. So now, say about listen, it, I've, you know, um, I'm go- I didn't watch the first three. So, I watched one episode of the first one with yeah. like. Wil- Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson? Yeah, I don't know if I like it so far. Just on one episode in, Ooh. it seems like it's more of a back and forth interviews with those two guys instead of a story like this last one. The first season of True Detective is one of my all time favorite. But the, is Sindel- there any. The, is it just yes, interviews no, back and forth no, or no? No, no, no. There's so much more. The first episode is just basically. A lot of talking. A lot of like. Matthew McConaughey's talking. Woody Harrelson's talking. Matthew McConaughey's talking. Here's him before, here's him after. Give it Give it time. Okay. Give All it right. time. I swear, it's... It's. Lauren, you wish to chime in on the True Detective Night Country without giving anything away, because I am watching it tonight?
3: Happily, I will say, Gambo, that this season of True Detective was not written or had the intention of being produced for HBO at as a True Detective series. The person who wrote it, wrote it before True Detective was a thing and originally was just going to produce it on their own as a standalone series. Oh,
0: so but they, so they kind of marketed it with True Detective or like the HBO is like, hey, this is kind of like True Detective, let's put it under the umbrella of True yes, Detective? Yes, and change things oh, okay. around to fit that. that
3: mold, which I think makes a lot of sense now seeing the I didn't know, know that, finale. okay.
0: Gambo, I swear, and I think Lauren will back me on this one and Jamal, I don't know if you saw True Detective or not. I think Lauren will... bet. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go- oh, I have no idea. What okay. You- yeah. okay, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, Lauren, I believe you'll back me on this one. Stick with True Detective Season 1. Okay. It, no, I'm serious. Okay. It's... it's Yeah, it's really good. I miss that show. It was really, really good. It okay. was crazy. Keep, keep it up. Don't give up. Don't quit, Campbell. All right, I won't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. I won't quit. But I'm going to watch Night Country tonight and just see what all the hubbub's about. I saw some... I um, we'll all talk tomorrow. I saw some other movie, like the pale blue, something or other. Mm. Pale blue. Lauren's always two who, or who's in it? Where did it come from? Oh, geez, pale. So uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale, the pale blue eye. It was kind of like a, like a kind of a little bit of a murder mystery type of thing too. I had a three day weekend, so I watched one movie. I watched one movie. Now the funny, the, the crazy part is the guy who plays Edgar Allan Poe. Harry Melling Uh in this movie. Like, I'm like, I know this kid from somewhere. He was the fat kid in Harry Potter. (laughs) He was like the super fat kid in Harry Potter. Now he's not fat anymore. He's a skinny kid. (laughs) But he was in the Queen's Gambit. look at that. So that kid was the fat kid in Harry Potter.
3: Okay, he's not the fat kid in Harry Potter. He's like Harry's sibling, of the people he lives with. Yeah. He's not Neville Longbottom.
0: No, but he's a fat kid in Harry Potter. And now <laughs> That could he's,
3: be used for like 50% of the people in the so movie. So Gambo's
0: saying he's a fat kid in Harry Potter. Yeah. You're yeah. saying he's not the fat so now kid. So now you look right. at him, yeah. it, he's like this tall, skinny guy. Like, yeah, you know? Yeah. I was like, wow, well, okay. Sometimes, Sometimes I, I watch that. that I, that's that. Was it that good? Was, Do you recommend it? Does it get the Gambo recommendation or not? No. <laughs> No, no, I wouldn't you recommend could, it. I would not know. recommend it. It was not uh, that good. I've never heard of it. The Pale Blue Eyes starring uh, Christian, Bale. Christian Bale. Robert Duvall's in it. Uh, Gillian Anderson's in it from the X-Files. Yeah. Um, Toby Jones, I know him. I'm looking at the cast right Decent now. Cast. I, I've not I've Lucy I don't know. Poynton's in it. I just you know I've what I do. Heard of this movie. My wife hates this, but sometimes I'll just go and like I'll spend an hour looking at previews on like Netflix or Prime or HBO Max and then I'll I'll put them in a folder. So I got a folder and it shows the ones that I like. That was in there. And so I'm is, is it there. spelled F O L D U H? Your folder? Is it spelled folder? F O L D U H. You know, done? for an introvert, you really got a big mouth. <laughs> you know, honestly, for an introvert, I got people oh already like God. asking for book recommendations I, 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 on I, Twitter. I got one guy on Twitter who asked for the book recommendation, the and book and book so recommendation. I, I let him know what it was, and and I got to save that guy. Maybe, maybe that guy, I, you <laughs> saved him. <laughs> no. I, just, it's just, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to live the introvert thing down, am I? There are people no, who don't believe it. They're like, you're an introvert. I'm like, yeah, really, I am. I, you don't I, like people. I like people just fine. I love you don't people. don't like lots of people. I just don't like lots of people. I, I, I did big rooms, big parties. It just, mm. it sounds exhausting. It sounds really <laughs> exhausting. I'd rather just be home with a good book or something like that. It just, it sounds like a lot, yeah, you know? Right. Yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah, I, I, I feel you. Know Diamondback run to the World Series. We were out in front of massive crowds. I, I know, and, it was a, lot a, of and it was a little. Yeah, no, and-, and it was a little. Yeah, it's it's it, not not that I was getting like squeamish about it or anything, but that's that that's I, not. I'm not good at it. I, I'm not that good. I'm not good at it like you're good at it. You're really good at being the extrovert. I am not good. You know, like every time we're on remote. People wanna come up and talk to us. You're really good at at me. I'm like, I just where's the show? I need to nah. do the show. I need to do the show. You're very nah, good at it. I got homework assignment for tonight. Oh boy. We gotta do we gotta we gotta spend an hour and a half with this KD boardroom cover story. Okay. Like like you Lauren, you listened to some of it, right? Kevin Durant?
3: I listened to ninety-five percent of it.
0: How good is it?
3: It's good. Is you there a have, lot of stuff we could use? I pulled the best clips for Okay. Us. Yeah. So we'll Kev- be set. We'll be set for tomorrow. So
0: Kevin Durant does this hour-long sit-down interview called the. It's the boardroom cover story. Kevin Durant, thirty-five at thirty-five, is what it's called. Okay, it's got a lot of context. I want to see what he says. Okay. it's just a one-on-one sit-down that Kevin Durant did. That's our homework assignment for yeah, tonight. That's it. All right, done. Professor Gambo is assigned. We're out of here. We'll see you tomorrow, straight up two o'clock, right here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone.
2: You're still here. It's over. Go home. Go. God.